Bam, we're live. People are like, hey, you should do a Bam, we're live shirt. Like a Bam, we're live shirt. Can't even, I don't get it. But I sent it over to the guy at Life is RX, Marcus, and I'm like, hey, what about a Bam, we're live shirt? Bam. Bam, we're live? Bam, we're live? Bam. Uh, Mike, what's up, Caleb? Good morning. Thanks Good for morning. Do you have anything better to do on a Saturday? No. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. Um, we have Mike, the Lone Wolf, Trizano. Trizano? Trizano. Trizano. Mike Trizano. Mike Trizano. I think Trizano sounds right. A good Irish name. Uh, coming on the show, uh, he said, hi, hey, hey Heidi. What's up, guys? Uh, he said that there's a snowstorm where he's at. Uh, I think he's in Jersey. I mean, doesn't that sound like a Jersey name? Holy cow. Sounds like he fights people in the alleys. I love it when I do research on um, these guys and I see interviews with them and I they're just crazy, like hyper articulate and just cool as shit. Like uh, Rasta. Rasta, he speak good. Because some of these guys don't speak so good. He got good English. Yeah, he got good English. He's articulate. This guy's uh, 30 years old. He he looks like he's 15. He Man, when my beard when my beard grows in, I'm 49 and I'm going to look 79. <laughs> okay, 89. Dude, this thing this thing is about to get fierce. Fierce, fierce, fierce. What is that um, like 2 hours of growth? About 2 or 2 or 3. Oh, there it is. Okay. Okay, good. I got I I I have this uh, uh old Christmas tree in my backyard and um and my nephew was going to burn it last night. He was going to go to a beach bonfire. What's up Mike? Hey, what's happening fellas? Michael. Michael Hi, Caleb. Mike. Whatever you want, don't matter. Just kick I just kick Caleb to the curb. <laughs> Caleb always comes on at the beginning of the shows so that I have someone to talk to while people deal with snowstorms. Yeah, freaking nuts. Um, you know what? I don't really feel this way about any other time I watch TV, but whenever I'm watching UFC I, and I take a piss and the dudes are in the middle of a fight, I always feel like bad. Like what? You can't hold your piss to the middle of the round until the round's over while these two dudes beat the shit out of themselves. It's like weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching by myself, but I just like hold it like out of respect, like someone's watching me. I, I always try and hold it in any sporting event because I always, with my luck, I always feel like I miss like some crazy play or crazy part of the of whatever I'm watching. So if I leave, it's always something always happens. <laughs> Your sport is so trippy. Like if you watch, if you watch like just two ass football teams play, like go ahead, get drunk, get fucked up, hit on girls, walk around, get popcorn, do whatever. But in, in the UFC, like you could see the best fight of your life in the early prelims. Yeah. It's like wild. Two people who are future champs going against each other. To, uh, I mean, just I, uh, the other week, the first fight in the prelims, it was two, it was two ladies. One lady was like from Guatemala. The other lady, she may have been from Jersey or something. The lady from Guatemala, they're a 115-pound class. I don't know if you saw it. The girl from like Guatemala or something. It was some uh, Central American country. She had big old fake titties, and she was a great striker. And she knocked this girl out. The girl's knocked out, goes to the ground. She gets on top of her. The girl comes to, she's a black belt, flips her over and fucking chokes her out. It's yeah, the greatest man. fight on the card. I was yeah. like, holy shit. 
It's unpredictable. You never yeah. know what the hell is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. That's and why was, you got to hold your piss. <laughs> I, I, right. And <laughs> and that's why you got to watch the early prelims. And I, and I bring up the fake titties just because – kind of because I just think it's weird to cut someone open and, 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 and like, surgically alter them so that I'm attracted uh, to you, even though it works and it, I, I, I don't honestly, want it to work. I don't understand why they do that for – Yeah, we don't really fighting. need it. Oh yeah, and then the fight. Yeah, that pro athlete thing. What are you doing? You're a pro athlete. Don't you need to like those things weigh extra weight, right? Exactly. That's what. That's the whole thing I'm thinking of. Is that now you just made your weight cut that much harder? Uh, yes, I I got a three pound penis implant, and I fight at one forty five, <laughs> and I have to lose an extra three pounds. <laughs> three pounds is a lot. <laughs> How tall are you? I'm five eleven. Yeah, wow. I, I'm 5'5", five five and I weigh 155, and I just went on vacation with my family, and when I came back, I weighed 167. I put on 12 pounds in five days. Oh, man. I, I've done that before, too. I've, I've put on, like, 20 going on vacation before, so. What's the that. most you've ever weighed? 192. That's wow. the most I've ever weighed. Yeah. And is that recently? Like a year ago or so. Um, I had... No, two years ago, because it was right after my first knee surgery, and I had knee surgery. Then, like a, a month later, I went on a cruise, and it's just all you can eat and drink. And I wasn't really walking anywhere, so I literally sat down and just gorged myself. And I was thick when I got back. <laughs> I went on a cruise once, and I was like, "Oh!" And now, in hindsight, I'm like, "Oh, that's." Like, I couldn't believe the people I saw in there. They didn't even look human to me. And the buffets were just crazy full. So, like, when we have stuff like this this so-called pandemic happen and people are dying, I'm like, well, like, those people on the cruise ship weren't going to be alive for another five years anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I just it, couldn't believe what I was seeing. It, it's crazy. It, I, I'm, I went on two cruises. I'm cruised out. I, I, don't, I, I like renting a house on an um, island or something and then staying there. That's what I like to do. Guys, uh, Mike Trezano was the season 27 winner of The Ultimate Fighter. That's a show that's been going on forever. That's a show that basically saved the UFC 30 years ago, turned it around from a brutal fight organization to something that, I mean, skyrocketed it. Skyrocketed it. it was, I think it was on Spike TV or something. Yeah, for and, a while. And in 2018, they did their 27th season. Congratulations to them. And uh, not only not only was Mike on the show, which is kind of one of the craziest shows you could ever imagine, just being locked in a house with a bunch of dudes, and then you have to befriend them and then fight them. But he was on the first ever episode where all the dudes in the house were unfucking defeated Yeah. As I was doing research on you, I'm like, wow, that's insane pressure cooker. Uh, definitely added to uh, the pressure that was already there. <laughs> Dana has all you guys in, or at least the way it looks on the TV. He has you guys all in one room, and then he's like, all of you are undefeated, and only two of you get to keep your O. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's crazy. I tried not to think about it. <laughs> and you came out on top. I did. Yeah, it's nuts. Well, congratulations. Thank you, man. Yeah, it was, and, I mean, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. A lot of – I think that entire show was mental. Honestly, because everybody's good. You know, you're going to have a tough fight regardless, but you had to uh, really keep your your mind focused and stay level-headed the entire time because, yeah, like you said, 
you're in a house locked away with a bunch of dudes for six weeks. Everybody's just full of testosterone, ready to fight each other. And you got to just do your thing. I mean, they did a good job of keeping us busy. You know, we were doing like two a days training and our, my coach, Stipe would always, the coaches would always bring us out and we'd go like go-karting and shit and try and take us out of the house, get our minds off of fighting for a little bit. So they did a good job of sidetracking us a little bit when we were in there, but it was, it was tough, but a great experience. Was James Krause in the house? Um, yeah, he was one of the coaches, but he, I mean, they would visit time in like every once in a while, but he didn't, he didn't like stay in the house. Okay. Cause I saw a photo online and, uh, and it was you, um, you and Stipe and a couple of the guys were looking at a screen and then James Krause is in the background. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I wonder what he was doing there. I really like him. Yeah, no, great guy. Um, uh, great mind for fighting. Uh, I, I learned a lot from him. Um, and yeah, he was part of the coaching staff. All the the coaches didn't have to stay in the house. It was just the fighters. The coaches were able to come and go as they as they pleased. They didn't stay in the house, right? None of them stayed no. there. And it, it was it was Stipe cool. Yeah, no, he's a great guy. Very humble. was he too cool? By that I mean, like, was he like not like was he, he seems like the kind of guy who as a coach would be like, yeah, punch him in the face. You know, like some like like I get that from like Sean yes. Strickland too. Like his coaching's like. What do you mean, duck and punch and then kick them? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, he kind of he he brought in a great coaching staff, and he kind of was just like, "My coaches are going to take care of you guys," and like he he kept us like mentally sane, and he was just great to have around and and great to just learn from, just because he's he was he's at the top, you know, he's where we all want to be one day, and. uh but he he mainly had his coaches take us through our training and everything like that. So it was pretty cool. And he's just got great mojo. The other guys did the coaching, and he's just – I mean, he seems like he'd be fun as shit to hang out with. Yeah, he was. No, they were all great, man. I have nothing but good things to say about them. And then you had Daniel on the other side. Did you get to hang with him much? I did. He actually – one of the one of the days he brought in Jordan Burroughs to teach a wrestling seminar – and he actually invited both teams and he, we all got to do it, do a training session with Jordan Burroughs, which I, I mean, that's once in a lifetime, you know, uh, that's one of the best wrestlers ever. And, uh, he, that was cool. He was very humble. You know, he gave me good advice too, even though I was on the opposite team. So very nice guy as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you are nine and one now. You're five eleven. You're thirty years old. You fight at one forty five. But in that series, you were fighting at one fifty five. Yeah, I did that on purpose because I didn't want to cut weight. Yeah, I was going to have to fight multiple times. Fighting at one forty five, it takes a little bit because I'm a little bit bigger. So I didn't want to have to suffer. I wanted to enjoy the process. And fighting at one fifty five is, <laughs> I can make that in my sleep. So. That's you can? That's easy for yeah. you? Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, is it, um, is, they, they say that that show is like the hardest thing you could ever do as a fighter. Is it really like that? Like, is, is, is everything from there gotten easier? Not that it's ever easy. I mean, it, like I said before, it's, it's the mental side of it. That's, that's tough. You know, everybody can fight. It, it's just being able to, keep your head in the right mindset the entire time. Cause 
they took everything from us. Like we didn't have a phone. We didn't have contact with anyone from the outside. It was just training back to the house, training back to the house. And it, it, it takes a toll, you know, and especially, you know, everybody was very cool with each other, very professional, you know, not, not too much like arguments and fights really broke out, but it's still tough, man. You're just, you're in there. You don't, you start to go stir crazy a little bit. Like I, I like to go out and do things and be active, but like being confined to one area was, was tough. It was very tough. There's, so. there's a quote. You say it a couple times it throughout your Instagram when I was digging in, digging in there. And um, you say something along the lines, basically take the hard road. Don't take the easy road. There's no, there's no gains on the easy road. You got it. You got to go through the discomfort. Do you remember when you learned that lesson? I mean, it's just been ingrained in me. My parents taught me to work for what you want and that's what I've been doing. And honestly, fighting has always been something I, I wanted to do and it's a great opportunity to just better myself and martial arts in general. Um, if you want to get good at anything, you know, if you have two options, you got the easy thing or the hard thing, I suggest doing the hard thing because there's so much more reward from it, whether you, you succeed or you fail, you're still going to learn so much and doing something easy and never challenging yourself. You never get to see your true potential. And I just, I always want to test myself and see how much I can improve. And that's how I take each and every fight. You know, yeah, there's always a, a chance you're going to lose, but you know, I I'd rather lose giving it a hundred percent than win giving like 20%. Um, but I wasn't raised like that. I was raised to, I was raised to like avoid discomfort. It wasn't until I was like in my 30, I'm 49 now. It wasn't until I was in my early thirties. I, I stumbled upon, upon this thing called CrossFit. Yeah. And, and, and basically all the, you know, the, the thing is, is like, Hey, put really shock your body, put your body through some hard shit and then let your body go through the adaptation. I, but I guess, and, and I learned that from my parents. I mean, my, I had good parents, but my mom was like, Hey, why would you do that? That hurts. That sucks. Avoid that. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't tell me like, Oh, do things that were like painful. <laughs> go out there and kick it. a tree. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if you want to get good at anything, test yourself push yourself. You'd be surprised what you can, you can do. And that's almost like a, uh, like doing hard activities like CrossFit or martial arts, things like that. It, it's almost like a, a, a simulation on what life's going to be like, because you never know what kind of obstacles and struggles you're going to go through. It's unpredictable, but you got to be able to overcome whatever comes your way and come out on top. And you don't really have a choice, especially when it comes to life. Like, something bad happens like you can't just curl in a ball and go away like you got to work through it and tough workouts like that is like almost like a small simulation of of life yeah um where were you born i was born in uh i was born in the city but grew up and raised in uh jersey the city meaning new york new york city yeah and then so your whole life you've been over there on the east coast you're a jersey guy yep and you don't have an accent no not like the the typical Guido accent, <laughs> and and Mike Trizano. That's a that's just a that's Italian. Yeah, yeah. My dad is hundred percent Italian, and mom your mom is, too. No, she's Irish. 
And so, um, and, and then what, what was growing up like? Did you live in a neighborhood or did you live in the city or did you have a yard? Yeah, no, I, I had a great upbringing. Uh, I grew up in a town called Ramsey, uh, in New Jersey. It was like North way North Jersey. Like we were like five minutes from the border in New York. And, uh, it's like maybe like 40 minutes outside the city without traffic, <laughs> two hours with traffic. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a great town, great house, big yard. Uh, had a couple dogs growing up. You know, I, I grew up just playing in the woods in the yard, running outside, you know, how kids should be playing nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Just you go outside, parents go, dinner, and then you have to run inside. <laughs> Are you going to have kids? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, you're married now. I am. Yeah, I yeah, got married in July. Your wife looks like she's 12. <laughs> well she's not <laughs> I, good good right answer get in I, she looks so you she looks so young i went all the way back in instagram she hasn't aged like in 10 years like in the how you guys been together a long time right yeah uh uh march march will be nine years been yeah. together, i think eight or nine congratulations so, yeah. i um there, I, I don't think a lot of people know this but um i i'd be curious to get your take on it but it's really worth staying with one person the rewards, 100%. especially as you get older, are, are like pay massive dividends. Yeah, man. I mean, we're we're a team. Uh, she's my best friend, and we do everything together. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, before her, well, I guess even including her, do do all do people around you believe in you, and do you sense that? Yeah, yeah. I have a huge family, and. Uh, a lot of friends and everybody's always supporting me. You know, I, I, I've been waiting for the UFC to go back to like Prudential center because I could get so many people there coming to watch me fight. You know, I've been fighting at the apex the last few times and it's great, but you know, a hometown crowd is something different. Um, do you, re- do you remember that feeling of, of, of realizing that your parents believe in you? Yeah, your mom believes in you or your dad believes in you? Yeah, actually, when I first started training, like they had wanted me to go to college and college was just a school was just not my thing. And uh, it took a it took a while for them to realize how serious I was about fighting. And eventually they were I got home from my my like second semester of college and they were like, we want you to stop going to school and just focus on fighting. And wow. like soon as that happened. Like, cause I came home and like, they were both standing in the kitchen and I was like, oh crap, what the hell did I do this time? And they found my weed from the eighth grade that I hit yeah. under a floorboard. <laughs> I know. Right. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they said that to me and it was like freaking elephant off my shoulders, man. And haven't looked back since, man. I wonder what that conversation was like for them. I have three kids. No, no, no um, you I'm know, sure I was went, tough. Yeah. I, there, there's sections. I mean, I really like school. I really, really like school. Like I love junior high. I loved high school, but I didn't like the school part of it. I just like going there to see my friends and hang out and like play yeah, and, hell yeah. and, and do that stuff. But my parents should have pulled me out of school. I would have flourished somewhere else. They should have like got me doing like, you should really have to find what your kid likes and then 100%. get them on that fucking path. Yeah. They'll get I mean, smart. College will be there forever. Like yes. you don't, you don't have to be 18 years old and go to college. It's like, that's the only time you have to, you, you got to go, right. You know, and there's other stuff too. Like nobody ever really told me about like going to a trade school and doing stuff like that. Like being like a, a an electrician or something. Cause like I got a cousin who's an electrician and 
dude's making stupid money, crazy money, like he's killing it. But like you go to college, he didn't, he, and so he went to a trade school. So he had like no debt. Meanwhile, everyone go to college, you got like hundred thousand dollars in debt. And like, now you want it now. Oh, all right. Now you can start making money. Like what? It just doesn't make any sense. Um, and like, like I, I really, I really believe this. So let's say your kid's just into horses, right? And you're like, no, but he has to learn math and he has to learn biology and he has to learn the sciences and he has to learn history. Hey, man, you take horses all the way to the fucking deepest corner of the world in studies. You're going to learn biology. You're going to learn math. You're going to learn science. You're going to learn history. I mean, the history is like the first horses came to America and blah, blah, blah. You're, the biology is going to be when you, your horse gets sick. I mean, it's all everything is in every subject. Yeah. And it's it's crazy. Uh, um yeah, you 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 flourished and you flourished in fighting. Then all of a sudden, so people know uh, Mike's fighting on February fifth. He's fighting a guy who's tough as shit. Um, I'm so pumped for that. Yeah, you are. Oh yeah. Uh, um, it, it, he's a big dude. He's five eleven. He's fighting at one forty five. Um, this is a crazy, crazy uh, weight class he's in. Oh yeah, it's tough. But I love it. Like I said, bring on the challenge. And, and, and you're 30 years old. You're, I mean, you're, you're like right in your prime. What is, what is your prime as a fighter? Like 28 to 32? Yeah. I'd, I'd say late twenties, early thirties. That's your, that's everybody's prime per se. You know, you never know though. Cause like, look at Daniel Cormier, like the dude started super late and he was a champ at like late thirties. So early forties <laughs> was something like that. And you would think because of his body that he wouldn't have lasted that long. Yeah, because that that he carries a lot of weight, and you would think that would fucking beat up on you with all that inflammation. That would put a lot of wear and tear on you. Yeah, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it did. You know, but I mean, he does well for himself, so maybe he can afford to help heal his body now and give himself a break now that he's retired. He sure can afford it. Yeah. Um, I mean, so go ahead. Yeah, no, like some of the highest athletes, they spend millions and millions of dollars on just recovery alone, taking care of their body. So. Like LeBron James does that and all those guys. He should take care of his brain more. Oh, yeah. LeBron. I agree. <laughs> um, uh, so, so, so you come home from college. You're, you're 18 years old, 17 years old. What year is that? So that's uh, 2000. It's like 10, 11. And, and then um, your first post on your Instagram is 2013 and, and you're kicking a dude in the head. Is that your first fight? Um, not my first fight. My first fight was a boxing fight. Um, it was at an LA boxing in Hoboken and then, uh, eventually LA boxing changed to UFC gym. But, uh, that was my first ever Muay Thai fight. And, uh, yeah, I landed a head kick, ended up finishing him with a body shot. How come then you posted after that that you want redemption? Because because did, did you lose if you won? Why would you want redemption if you won? Uh, which head kick is this then? Oh, then maybe it's two posts after that, and I'm conflating the two fights. Uh, Caleb, is there is there a post a couple fights after that where he says he's training for redemption? Oh yeah, that one right there. Okay, so I had my first ever loss. Damn! Look at your body there. Crazy. My first ever loss, um, that that was a experience I never wanted to feel <laughs> again. So I I wanted I had fought this dude, pretty good, but I had got sick that fight week, 
and I was, I, I must have gotten like the flu and I just felt like crap. And I gassed out in like the first round. I was just shot. I did not feel well at all, but I stuck through it and I lost a split decision. So it was killing me that this dude won by a split decision when I just felt like absolute ass and I wanted it back. And like I had had a picture of this dude right next to my bed. So every time I woke up in the morning, like I'm like, I'm getting it back. And eventually I did. And, uh, but that, that was like the worst feeling ever. I, I don't like losing. I'm very competitive. Um, so anytime I lose, I always want to try and, Right the ship. Did you ever fight that dude again? Yeah, I did, and I beat him. <laughs> Check. Done. done. Uh, it, it, it seems like the worst thing that could ever possibly happen to you as a fighter is to run out of gas. Like, it seems uh, like, like then, yeah. then, and, and you see it sometimes, especially in the heavyweights, right? Or these real muscle-bound guys sometimes in the 171 who look like they should probably be in the 185 or 200. Yeah. You just see all of a sudden they turn off, and you're like, oh, shit. Now what? Yeah, I, there's nothing worse than being exhausted and still in a fight because you literally are helpless. You're helpless, especially if the other guy senses that you get tired. Then all of a sudden it's like they get an energy boost and they're like, oh, I got him. And then that's it. It's just it's miserable. It's happened in training before, especially like early in fight camp when you're not like 100% in fight shape and you're going against maybe a teammate who is like, right about to fight so they're already in really good shape and you're just starting your camp and you get in you do a sparring session and you're like oh my god this is like hell <laughs> so it, it definitely cripples you that guy you train with uh, uh is one of the most biggest freaks i think in the ufc shane burgos oh uh, yeah he's one of my main training partners love the guy yeah, he he's amazing and he's got some crazy like uh dimensions to him right like distance from like here to yeah. his elbow and elbow to his fingertips every time i see him in the ring i'm like is that guy human yeah he's got some he's got a some weird reach <laughs> yeah for sure. he's got like gorilla arms <laughs> and he's tough as fuck yeah man we have some good training sessions that's for damn sure i helped, i trained with him his entire last fight like i was i was billy quarantillo his entire fight camp <laughs> i mean he it's crazy. I see someone like that. I'm a, I'm a fan of his, and 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 he when I when I would watch his early fights, he just looked completely unbeatable. And then it's crazy that when when you end up seeing him, and look at his arms. I mean, he does not. He's a 145er. Yeah. Yep. And he walks around a little bit heavier than me. He probably won't like me saying that, but. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. I mean, he looks like a big dude. He looks like a bigger dude than you. Yeah, I think I'm a little taller than him, so. My weight's a little bit more dispersed, but yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's, he's a big 45er. So, so, so you're, you're, you're born in Jersey. You're just a kid who likes to play out in the woods, ride your bike. And then what was the first sport you got into? Um, probably either baseball or football. So I love both those sports. And you played them organized. Yeah. Not just in the street. No. Yeah. I played for fun and organized. And then junior high, high school, you played both of those still football and baseball. Yeah, So I actually stopped playing baseball and I was really into lacrosse. I was playing lacrosse for a little bit, but then my high school didn't have it and I had stopped baseball. So I just played football in high school. And then I had, I stopped playing football my senior year to 
focus fully on fighting. Oh, no shit. And then, and then when did you start the martial arts? I started when I was like 16, 17. And, and why did you start? I just, I wanted to get into it. I, I loved watching like boxing and stuff. And I originally, when I wanted to fight, I was only thinking about boxing. Like I hadn't really thought too much about MMA. And then I, I stepped into the, uh, the gym and got my ass kicked. And I was dead tired in like two seconds. And I was like, all right, this is for me. I want to do this again. <laughs> Um, where, where is that where you, so you didn't have an engine when you went into the sport, not through it. Yeah. Pretty much. And, and now is your engine just unbelievable? Yeah. I, I, I take pride in being in really good shape for my fights. If you're going to beat me, it's not because I was out of shape. And, and what is the, what is the secret to having just in just being able to go some guys say and i always think guys are going to respond with like a training answer like oh you got to do a ton of work on the stairmaster you got to do a ton of work on the bike or and then it always their answer always ends up being controlling your breathing in the ring yeah you got to be able to relax and that just comes with experience you know and just getting ring time that's why i I mean i had a huge amateur career I, i had almost 25 fights as an amateur and all wow. that ring, all that ring experience you know it calms you and makes you be able to relax more while you're in there because you could be in great shape and the adrenaline alone will gas you out in two minutes you know so you, you got to be able to handle all that the nerves and the butterflies and the pressure and that kind of stuff because it'll gas you out even if you're in good shape and you're you're so you're a pretty hardcore veteran now uh, yeah i guess so <laughs> do you ever sit and think okay i'm just four fights away from having to defend my title if i win four if i win these three in a row doesn't matter who they have like I, my fourth fight has to be a title and i mean i have thought about it but i i try and take make small little goals for myself like my goal this year is crack the top 15 and i technically am like one fight away from that but uh if more happens great that's like a bonus but I take it one fight at a time, man. I, again, the more you think about it, the more unnecessary pressure you're putting on yourself. It just makes it that much harder. Uh, when you watch people like Holloway and Cater fight, uh, what, what goes through your brain when you see a fight like that? Oh, it gets me so excited. It does. Yeah. Cause they're so good and they're at the top of their game and, that's what I want. I want to be able to go in there and step in there with those guys and be able to prove to myself that I'm on their level. And that's who, what I want. Who did Cater just fight? Um, Giga Chikadze. Oh, yeah. That was so, a great fight. That was nuts, right? Yeah. Cater fought a very smart fight. He did exactly what he should have done against a kicker. Move forward. Did a great job. So, so when I see a fight like that, it, it's just crazy. Just the levels in that division, right? Yeah. You see, you know, Cater's amazing, and yet you see Holloway just have his way with him, but but he can't put Cater down. And then you see Giga, who's who's talking this big game, and Cater fucking just is like, okay, like welcome to the big leagues, and yeah, you and, know what? Let's have it. Different styles make different types of matchups, man. Like one guy might just absolutely stun one dude, but then that duty stunned crushes this other guy. And that other guy crushes the guy that stunned him. So it's like, you never know what's going to happen. 
Uh, and every time you fight, it, it could be different. You know, the, the sport is so unpredictable. Like those two could fight again and Giga could put a beating on him. Like you never know. It's just whoever shows up that night. Uh, Steve, I love you, Sevon, even though you're a kook. Um, Steve, um, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Uh, okay, so where were we? Um, I, I like how, 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 how you love me, but I'm a kook. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Your mom loves me. How's that? God, I hope my mom's not watching. I try not to do too many of your mom jokes anymore. My mom watches the show once in a while, and she, she likes those. Ones. Uh, you got a you got a new dog. Yep. You just had your birthday. You turned thirty. You got a new home. Like you're busy. Yeah. And you and you got a big fight coming up. Are you you're in fight camp now? Yeah my my last hard day was yesterday. So now it's just maintenance light workouts here and there and then fight day. And, and, and do you win this fight? hundred percent. And and do you see how you win it already? I always want to finish. We don't get paid by the minute. So if I can get in and <laughs> in and out unscathed, that's, that's the best kind of fight you could ever get into. <laughs> but, I guess for the, for the most obvious reasons, right. Um, you, 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 your career lasts longer if you don't get hurt and you can fight sooner. I mean, those are the two obvious reasons. Yeah. I mean, you can only, your brain can only handle so many wars and, uh, the less of them you get into the longer your career is. And it's a young man's sport. Um, it's, it's funny you say that. So, you know, even just like at 49, like if I bump, like the, like I was, I was in Lake Tahoe in a cabin the other day and there was a bunk bed I was sleeping in and I went to duck my head in at night and I hit and I didn't duck low enough. Right. Oh. And I fucking hit it and it fucking hurt, man. Yeah. And there's like, there's an age, like when you're six and you do that and you cry and then somewhere like in like, I don't know, 10 or 11, you don't cry. Right. And you don't cry again until you don't ever cry again, I guess. But, but at 30, I would have just hit it and it would have been nothing at 49. I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> like it just rocks my shit i'm like okay i need to sit down it's the shit that you don't expect that's what hurts yeah. like i stubbed my toe yesterday and i i, I thought i was gonna die <laughs> like hey right on the when you do something like island. that do you go do you go into a panic when that happens like oh shit what if i broke my toe i got a fight in a week i mean i've broken my toes so many times i i wouldn't even i'd still fight if i broke something right now i'd still fight unless yeah. like I literally couldn't walk the bones out of the skin. That's different, <laughs> but I, I'm not, not fighting. I put in the work uh, we're going to. Yeah. There. Um, when you, you bought this house with your wife, um, who does all the paperwork and shit? Like, do you do that? Like who, who gets the loan and like signs that big old stack of papers and does like all the adult stuff. Uh, we actually did it together. Wow. Yeah. So it's like a joint thing. I don't do any of that. I don't yeah, do no, the adult I, stuff. I, my wife has to do all that. We wouldn't own it. We wouldn't own shit. We'd be like just on <laughs> bikes and shit if it wasn't for. Her. Yeah, no, we're like I said, we're a team, man. We do everything together, so you know, makes makes life easier. Doesn't one person doesn't have a full plate? Would you Would you want your kids to fight? Um, they're going to train. That's for sure. Whether they want to compete or not, I'll leave that up to them. But I think that. They're, they're not going to really have a choice with martial arts. And even if they resist, which will probably happen, they're going to resist doing stuff regardless. 
uh, knowing how to protect yourself is number one. So just the confidence boost you get from being able to train and know how to protect yourself is something that I want them to have. Can you but dance? Com- competition is different. Can you dance? Uh, I mean, I think I can dance. Right. Whether right. everyone else thinks I can dance is a whole totally different conversation. <laughs> so you'll get out there and dance. You like dancing. 100%. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, do you know who uh, Kayla Harrison is? Yeah. So she, I had her on the show the other day and we were talking. She's got two kids. And uh, I was basically, and I have three boys. And so my boys, like, they, they'll, I have them in dancing and I have them in martial arts. And, and basically a, t- a ton of bo- – as much as I can of both. Like I encourage dancing and martial arts. And the reason why is because with dancing, you can court women, and then with the martial arts, you can defend them. Yeah. And like th- that should get you like at least – And the like, dancing is great for footwork and balance and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, they go hand in hand. Yeah, definitely. And then everyone knows the story of um, Lomo, right? His dad pulled him out of fighting for three years and just made him dance, and then you see his footwork, and it's nuts. Yeah. Do you like yeah. that? Do you study footwork? Um, I ha- I have been doing footwork every week, actually. Um, you know, tons of ladder drills and things like that, just to get light on the feet and be quick. I think it's very important. It makes a huge difference if you're flat footed. I mean, <clears throat> can't go far. Um, it, it's funny. I never thought of this before, but I, I when I watch boxing, you know, you watch people like Pacquiao, or you watch people like Lomo, or you watch people like Mayweather, and um, they're just I mean, even uh, you, you'll even see Tyson Fury do it sometimes. They sidestep and just take a fucking crazy angle on a guy and fucking hit him. And the guy's like down. And then, you know, then, then the guy's standing on his side, punching him. And then yeah. he turns and the guy's on the other side. I don't see that in the UFC, do I? It's just different. Because you got to worry about kicks and takedowns. And, and yeah, I mean, maybe you just don't have that same level of just that one aspect in the UFC, but I mean, the, you see it from few guys like Max Holloway makes some crazy angles. Like that dude is good point. Good point. He's, yes. he's you're right. Left, right, you're right. Left, right. Left, right. So it, it, depends. Right. it depends. I mean, you'll see it, but it's not obviously as prevalent as like just boxing for instance, because that's all they do is that one aspect. It's a third of fighting. It's just the hands, you know, and then they're doing their, their footwork and stuff. So, is different, but you do see it not like yeah, not as prevalent. But I, I you're as soon as you said hallway, I just remember yeah. Anytime someone starts keeping their hands up too much, or they slow down a little bit, Max starts fucking spinning around him like a tornado. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Once he gets going, you that's why you got to be in shape when you fight him because he's going to be in shape. He's going to be able to go 100 percent for five rounds. Um, our friend Steve, Steve, I forgive you. What's the worst injury? Uh. Mike's um, entered the, a pro fight with. Uh, I had a completely detached meniscus for like two, three fights. I worked through it, and I kind of just had to modify my training. And I didn't realize how limited I was because I was kind of just I was younger, and I was like, it was more of like the suck it up attitude, like just got to deal with it. It's pain, whatever, and. Uh, after my 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 first loss as a pro, I really couldn't do much with that knee, and I was like, "All right, it's it's time to get it fixed." And that's when I had my couple surgeries, got it fixed, and at once I was able to get back to training 
after the surgery and see how much I was able to do now that it was, it was a hundred percent. I was like, Jesus Christ, I didn't realize how limited I was and how much it was taken away from me improving. And, uh, did that open my eyes with recovery and being smart about my body and not always just saying, Oh, suck it up, tough it out. You know, you got to be smart about it. And, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely the toughest one. Um, and, and you were out for two years after that surgery. Yeah. Cause I had to get a second surgery in that two years and like the surgery I had. So like normally like a meniscus tear, you, it, you would be, they would shave it down and you'd be good in like six weeks. But mine was completely detached from where the meniscus should be connected to. So it was kind of just floating around and they had, they repaired it and they put like these sutures on it to hold it in place that were like dissolvable. And that required six months of like nothing because there's such little like blood flow in the knee and the recovery time takes longer that I ran the risk of it detaching again very, very easily. So I was in like one of those like ACL straight braces for a while, just not allowed to really bend it too much because it could detach. So it took a lot longer than I thought. Uh, was that hard? Was that depressing? Two years? I feel like I read somewhere on your Instagram or in an interview that that you do feel the clock ticking. You're 30 years old. I, I got the impression something I read that you do feel the clock ticking, and I thought, oh, shit, that two years must have been horrible for him. Yeah, it was uh, – you know what the worst part about it was is that it was right after a loss, and I couldn't redeem myself right away because that's what was eating me up. Like the loss we were talking about before, I had the dude's picture right there, blah, blah, blah. Like I was able to redeem that loss like right away. Even if I wasn't able to rematch um, Grant Dawson, like whatever, I I just wanted to get back in there and win. I wanted to just right the ship and I wasn't able to because I was, I was out and it was driving me nuts. So uh, I think that was what bothered me the most, but it was a great chance for me to clear my head and improve on stuff that I wasn't able to. And I think I'm way better now than I was two years ago for sure. But uh, yeah, it was definitely tough. And when I had originally started fighting, I told myself, I started, I had my first fight when I was 20 and I said 10 years. What do you mean you had your first fight when you were 20, your first pro fight? No, just fight in general, amateur. But MMA? Because you had fought Uh, before then. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a boxing fight. Oh, that was you were twenty when you had that. Yeah, I believe so. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. And I said I'll do this for ten years, and then at the ten year mark, I'll evaluate, see where I'm at. If I'm in a good position, I'm gonna keep going. If if I'm not really in a great position, but I'm gonna hang up the gloves and coach and do that kind of stuff. And ten year mark is hit. I'm in a great position. I'm gonna keep going. I'm hungry. You really are in a great position. You're one of those fighters that like we're we're about to find out. Hell yeah. We're about I'm to find make out. a is statement it, next week. Yeah, is this dude uh gonna pop up into the um contender for the belt? Uh I mean it's it's a crazy record. It's a pretty crazy record. And and for your loss to be during a, a busted up meniscus is it's legit. Yeah, I, hey, I'm ready, man. Um what goes through your head when you tap, when a, when a fighter taps, especially like in, 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 I'm not talking about in training, but in a fight, I know you've only had to do it once, but like, what's going through your head? So 
the choke he had on me was not a blood choke because I would have not a what choke? A blood choke. What's that? He mean? had so when he gets a rear naked choke on you, a blood choke. The rear naked choke is cuts off the two carotid arteries here, so blood flow stops going to the brain. You pass out. But he didn't have that. He had more of like an air choke. So he was putting a lot of pressure on my windpipe. And I was stuck. Like he had it. And uh, if it was a blood choke, I would probably I would have tried to fight out and gone out. But it was like crushing my windpipe and I was stuck and I just tapped. Like, does it feel like like that thing could break? Like it's your windpipe or his forearm, something's gonna break. Yeah. I mean, I was stuck. I wasn't getting out. There was plenty of time on the clock. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't kind of anything to say about it. I had to tap. <laughs> and, and, and then, and then, and then right when that happens is in your brain. Are you like, I shouldn't have fucking tapped. Like, uh, do you all just do you, like, fuck. That's it. I just was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I can't believe I just did that. And then, and then, and then how long after that, before you get your surgery? Month. I scheduled yeah. it right away. Actually, yeah, no, exactly a month. And then, and then, since then, since then, you you fought Klein. Yeah, and you I was won. supposed to fight in October too, but that that fell through. And then now again, yep. And, and it's and it's early in the year. Oh yeah, I plan on fighting another two, three more times. So let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um. Is, is your grandmother still alive? No, nah, she passed away uh, early last year. It, uh, uh, and and you were close to her? Yeah, very close. And how old was she? 103. Um, how, do you, how do you take that? How did you take it? Uh, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. Because it was, it, especially with like the whole COVID thing breaking out and she wasn't able to see a lot of people and uh you know i i was kind of hesitant this was like early on i was hesitant to like just go and see her because i was around so many people i didn't want to like give it to her right so it was tough but uh i mean she was one of my biggest supporters for sure i mean even like when i would fight she would like we had a a a caretaker for her to help her out around her house. And, uh, she would like wake her up in the middle of the night to let her know that I was getting on ready to fight. And she would get up in like the middle of the night, especially like like if I'm fighting in Vegas, it's like 12 o'clock at night, one o'clock in the morning. And, uh, she would get up and watch me fight. And, uh, she would always bake me a blueberry pie for after my fights. That was awesome. Yeah, best blueberry pie ever. She she had fourteen children. Yeah, my mom is the the youngest one, the fourteenth. She has thirty seven grandchildren. Yep, and thirty four great grandchildren. Yeah, and that it, it's a lot more now because they they pop out like every month. <laughs> so Itali- Italians, that's what they do. They they make they. They, so that's not even that's not kids. even the Italian side. So that's the Irish side. Oh yeah, yeah, those guys. Yeah, that, that's my mom's side of the family. 
Wow. And um, and, and she, did she she took a class from out? She met Albert Einstein, or she took a class from Albert Einstein? Yeah, she took a class, and uh, and he was the he was the professor at one, when she was going to college. Wild. Someone you love, but you could be like, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, fuck, she's at the ninety nine point nine percentile of people on the planet, right? Yeah, I mean, she lived an incredible life, like epic life. Like some of the things she would talk about is just wild. Like she lived through two pandemics. Like she was born and was a young child during the influenza pandemic in like late teens early 20s whenever that that pandemic happened she lived through the great depression two world wars like, yeah it must have been nuts living through the world wars uh, unre- crazy like my her husband my grandfather who I, I actually never met he died when my mom was like 15 um he served in world war ii so when he got back they they didn't. They didn't stop, man. Fourteen kids. <laughs> um, you never. You said you never met your grandfather. Yeah, no, I never met him. Because he, not because they were divorced, but they. Yeah, he passed. He passed away in like seventy, seventy six, seventy five. Yeah, man. So she and um, did all are all fourteen of her children alive? Yeah. Yeah, so the oldest sibling. Well, good is, on her that she yeah. didn't have to go through that. You have fourteen kids, and man, the odds of the one of them dying are pretty high. Yeah, especially when you're 103. The oldest one is like 78 now, I think. Holy shit! Yeah. And how old's your mom? Uh, she's 60. Yeah, so her oldest sibling was 18, 18. years. Yeah. yeah. I guess you have to. So basically, I guess she's basically she was pregnant for 14 years. Like long, yeah, longer, years, even yeah, longer yeah, than that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, wild. They didn't use contraception. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> they didn't. Hey, and you have a you have a little sister. No, no? I have. Uh, I just have a younger brother. Oh, in one of the pictures, you is that your mom you're with right there? Yeah, it's my mom. In one of the pictures, there's a young. It's you and your mom and a young girl, and the young girl looks just like your mom. I'm like, holy cow! It's a spitting image. What I wonder picture? who that is. I don't know. I was digging through just the whole the thousand of them, fourteen hundred of them. It it could be a cousin. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys do family reunions? Yeah, we do. Um, Is it epic? the The last time every single person on that side of the family got together was mm-hmm. for my grandmother's hundredth. So we did a huge celebration for her, obviously. And uh, that was the that was like the first time in a long time that everybody in the family, all, ev- not a single person missed um, that we all got together it was for her hundredth. Um, moving forward, we got to try and start. Someone's got to take up the mantle and and organize it again because it's a huge family. Everybody's spread all over the place, so it's it's very difficult to get everybody together all the time. But uh, we got to start organizing it again. It it must be crazy. You're like, okay, there's Joe. He just got out of jail. There's Carol. She's uh, three weeks sober off fentanyl. Oh, there's gay Uncle Buck. I mean, it just must be fucking nuts. There's yeah, the cu- there's the cousin everywhere. I kissed when I was eight. God, this is weird seeing her. I mean, it just must be nuts. Yeah, it's it, it. Everybody's spread all over the country, doing tons of different stuff, and it's just it's crazy. It's a huge family. 
it's hard when to keep you, track of. When you become champion, all you got, they're all, everyone's going to get closer. <laughs> <laughs> the, we're already close, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, they it was must, tough though. Like I did an interview on, uh, on Fox and they, they did like a, a quiz and they're like, all right, you have 15, 20 seconds to name as many cousins as you can go. Wow. And like it's, it was tough. As soon as they said that, I was, I, I blanked. I had no cousins anymore. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, it's a posse. Um, the, the bow hunting, I, I saw some pictures. Is that something like you, you're, you're like, would you call yourself a bow hunter? Yeah, I, I prefer to bow hunt. Um, but I do rifle too. Uh, I actually just did it got back from uh South Africa in November. We uh me and my cousins and my uncles and the whole family on my dad's side. Um we uh we went hunting in South Africa. That was a hell of an experience. Yeah, the, the thought of traveling right now um and like dealing with other people's bullshit like like yeah. I, I can't I, I mean me personally I can't even wear, I can't I cannot do any of the stuff. I can't no, participate I can't in, in any of the uh I, I can't, I can't participate. Yeah. They were in South Africa. It really, all right. First of all, like, like if a stewardess tells you, uh, sir, you put your, pull your mask over your nose. I'd fucking like, I think I would go to jail. I've almost been banned from a couple <laughs> airlines. Already, right? So yeah. it is what it is. Like they're going to yell at you. And, but there's been times where I've flown and like the flight attendants didn't even care. And like, I had my mask down the whole time. So yeah, it, 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 it all, it's all depends on the person. You get somebody who thinks they got all this power for no reason. And they want to just enforce it because they can like, honestly, it was but, worth going. It was worth oh, going yeah. to deal with all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, I never thought I'd ever go to Africa, you know, let alone hunt, and uh, I was able to do it. So it was, it was a trip of a lifetime for sure. Who whose idea was it? What do you have like some rich dude in your family, and he's like, "All right, I'll pay for everyone to go. Let's go," and threw down fifty grand, and you all fucking go. My my uncle is a big time hunter, huge hunter. He goes all over the world hunting. So do my cousins, and uh, he's the one who organized it and got everybody to go. We like to do family trips together. And, uh, he's been wanting to go back to Africa cause he's been a couple times. And, uh, so he got everybody together and we all went and like, it was like, there was like 17 of us. Wow. So all, yeah. All the girls went, did like safaris and spas and stuff. And then we went hunting every day. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what, what, what have you got with a bow? What have you, what, what have you killed with a bow? Um, so I've I've killed a, a couple white tail with a bow. I haven't killed much. I've been very unlucky when I've gone bow hunting in the last few years. I haven't seen anything, but uh, I've killed a lot more with a rifle than I have with a bow. Uh, and do you eat all those de- all those deer you get? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm actually out of meat. I need to go hunting. I'm trying to plan an elk trip uh, this year, probably in Colorado. I need to stock up on some elk meat. It's the best meat out there. Right. So like on a trip like that, you take your bow, but you also bring your gun because now you want meat. Now you're doing it for like, okay, like I need meat. Um, depends. Depends. It it depends on the season too. And when I plan on going, cause like bow hunting season will be from this date to this date. And then rifle season will be from this date to this date. And it, depending on when I'm fighting and stuff, I got to like figure out my schedule, but it's either one or the other. You usually can't bring both cause they're separate. Um, why do you why do you think you fight like or it's not even fighting why do you think you push so hard do do you think like you're trying to 
prove something to someone or you like discomfort or because because there's got to be easier way to make a living well i'm sure there is but it's not for me i i I don't want to live a life where i just sit down stare at a computer nine to five go back home repeat that's a boring lifestyle i don't want to live that lifestyle i'd rather live a short life full of craziness than a long life that's boring um when when stuff gets hard is there is there a story you tell yourself of why you have to go on uh no i kind of just go on i pretty mentally tough and uh I just there's there's always days, especially during fight camp, where I'm just like I, I get up and I'm like trying to find some sort of excuse not to go train. But I get up and go train anyway, and then right. I always feel way better afterwards. But like your mind starts like tries to play tricks on you and like oh don't go because you got a flat, you got a low tire pressure. You should just go do that instead. Like <laughs> any little little excuse you're trying to make. But I push myself anyway, like, just just go. Do it. You'll feel better after. And I always do. Do your do your peers know why you're so good? Like, do people see you and train with you and they're like, yeah, that's that's not – that's all hard. Like, if I asked uh, Shane, uh, what's Mike like? Would he be like, fuck, dude, he's like the hardest worker, never misses practice? Or would he be like, uh, he's just fucking really talented? Both, I think. <laughs> I think I'm good. Yeah. I think I work – fucking my ass off and yeah and i got nothing good things to say about nothing but good things to say about all my teammates too everybody works fucking hard man you can't get anywhere without working hard yeah do you hate those guys who don't like it it, or do they just not last like if someone's like bringing the energy down or the work ethic down or um i mean you want guys who like you want to be with guys who every guy thinks they're the best dude in there right and is like kind of has like a chip on his shoulder yeah but People that feel like they have a chip on their shoulder always get humbled. And people that survive on just talent alone and no work ethic, no discipline will fade away. They'll they'll face themselves out eventually because it's just it's too much for them. What percentage of dudes come in there that want to be fighters and then like like after a little bit of training or sparring, you like they're like, Okay, that's not for me. Uh, I mean I've been I've been teaching martial arts for a long time over 10 years and uh i'd say out of the almost 14 years i've been been doing this i'd say two people that i've personally coached have stuck it out and continue to fight damn damn and, and what most do you pe- teach? most people most people kickboxing jiu-jitsu you know the works um, but, uh, most people come in and I've had a lot of people come in like, yeah, I want to fight. Like, blah, blah, blah. Okay. You want to fight? There's all this other stuff you got to do in order to fight. Like you can't just go in there and fight <laughs> and people see how hard it is and they don't want to do it. They don't want to put in the work. Yeah. And, 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 and the discipline of the lifestyle, right? There's not a lot of wiggle room in your lifestyle. No, that you have to sacrifice a lot if you want to get to a level like the UFC that that high of a stage. You got to sacrifice a lot. 
people don't understand that you got to sacrifice a lot. And I'm sure other professional sports as well, like the mm-hmm. NFL, M- MLB, like they sacrifice a lot. They sacrifice time with their families. They sacrifice. They, I'm sure they've lost tons of friends, this and that. Like there, there is no going around it. Like if you want to do that type of, of or live that type of life, you got to make a lot of sacrifices and people aren't ready to do that and they're not um, willing to. Yeah. And that's what I wonder. I, I always wonder like the like what the commonality is between you guys who reach that level, who have that commitment. Like what's, what's like, like what's the deal? Like I, like I, had a, I have a friend, uh, Travis Bajan who's a professional arm wrestler and he was way into, you know, sports and he basically said you know, he lived, he grew up in a trailer and the whole reason why he did sports was because he knew that if he did sports, that other parents would then invite them over to their house and he could shower there because he didn't have a shower at his house. He lived in West Virginia. And I was like, Damn. yeah, like, like, you know what I mean? That's a hell of a motivation, right? Yeah, I practice so. baseball so I can go to someone else's house and get a warm meal and shower. Yeah. I mean, I've been lucky that I wasn't in a situation like that, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure everybody's got their, their one reason that really motivates them and pushes them. And, uh, yeah, getting a nice hot shower in a clean house is definitely one of them. <laughs> um, did, did, have you ever watched that series, the Daisy Fresh series? No, on, I have um, not. Have you heard of it? Uh, I have not. It's on. It's on. Um, you can just watch it on YouTube, but I think Flow Grappling has it. But it's basically there's a dude in um, Southern Illinois, Heath Pedigo. I had him on the podcast, and he's basically he rented out an abandoned laundromat. And he lets fuck. It's like Peter Pan, but for jujitsu. And he lets just like boys who are like fucking have all this hardship, just come and sleep in there and train. And they're like, now they got world champions coming out of there. Fucking a abandoned laundromat. Uh, that's it's nuts. That's an awesome thing to do, dude. It's so crazy. You got you should watch at least a little bit of this series. It's just a bunch of dudes sleeping on jujitsu mats in a freezing cold fucking abandoned laundromat in Southern Illinois, and uh. It, and they've all they're just turning into savages i mean savages right but they're yeah. all the boys have crazy stories like living in cars and moms prostitutes and just nuts right yeah and i i tell people all the time <clears throat> stay you want to stay out of trouble you want to write go in the right direction martial arts martial arts will put you on a good path i believe that yeah, all in 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 all the dudes. Uh, my kids have been doing jujitsu a while, and all the guys I knew who were like collegiate wrestlers or like were like physically competent dudes. All the calmest, nicest, most loving, affectionate men yeah. I've ever known. Like just chill. Like shits. Like you'd be in a diner, and some dudes like getting crazy, and everyone else is panicking. And the dude who's like you know an NCAA Division One wrestler, he's just still sipping his coffee. Like he he not, no. he's, not, he's not he's not tripping. And you kind of touched on that earlier. That's why your kids would do jujitsu, right? Or they would do martial just, arts because just you want martial them just arts in general. Con- that's confidence, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, you're just you're just it's, sure of yourself. They people don't say this, but it's a necessity. It should be a necessity, just like your basic levels of schooling. You go to school so you can understand the world. You need martial arts so you can protect yourself against the world. You learn how to swim, right? If you don't learn how to swim, you you might come across water one day. That's a necessity. You know, there, there's few things that are necessities. And 
think martial arts is one of them. It's crazy. The misconception is is that um, you teach your kid martial arts and they would become violent, but it's actually the truth. You teach your kids martial arts and they become peaceful. Yeah. It makes you humble. You have respect. You understand the type of damage you can cause to somebody, so you don't. You prevent it. And 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 like, um, if someone does this to me, I'll flinch. If someone does that to you, you don't flinch. Like like you like you know, like hey, they had their hands in their pocket. What were they going to do? Or like, I had this friend one time. We we were out. So he, he was a fighter, and we were out somewhere, and we were in high school, and uh, there was a big giant dude, and he was talking shit to us. And my friend, my fr- and and he's like, "I'll fuck any of you guys up." And my friend, who's like this little Asian dude, but tough as shit, and he's like, "You're not going to do shit." And the guy's like, you know, a foot taller than him. And I'm, and he's like, you're barefoot. He goes, I would never lose a fight to a dude who's barefoot. And like we were in the street and I just saw it change the whole guy's demeanor. My friend said it's so calm <laughs> and everything. And the guy just like backed down. And it was just like, holy shit. That's because like, nine times out of 10, they're just looking to see what they can get away with. Yeah. yeah they're going to talk and talk and talk, but they don't really want to fight. They're trying to see if the other person will back down. But when they don't, they're like, oh, shit, maybe that. Uh, no, I don't want any of it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cra- it's crazy. Um, the same thing with uh, some of the guys who are, um, are the coaches at my kids' jujitsu school. Um, one of the guys is a brown belt, and he's the striking coach, and he's a bouncer at bars. Mm-hmm. And basically, he said, like, like, yeah, I never want to get in an altercation. I never want to fight. I do it all day in here at the fucking exactly. gym. Like everything at the bar has to be diffused. <laughs> Yeah, like I, there's I have nothing to prove. I just been in the gym for three hours proving or or getting unproven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that is 100 percent true. Like I train every day for a few hours. The last, if I go out, the last thing I want to do is fight. I want to just relax, enjoy my time with whoever I'm with, and that's it. Now, that's why I def I don't go out at all when I'm training for a fight. Like it's just better to avoid a situation and get into one. How did you know you were going to like fighting? Did you fight in school? Did you fight as a kid? I mean, I had a few fights, but I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And uh, I started training martial arts and it stuck. You know, I probably would have either, if martial arts didn't take off, I probably would have went to the military or something because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I needed structure. That's for sure. What's up with the um, American flag cowboy hat? What, why, why, what are the origins of that? And what makes you such a, like a patriot? Why do you like this country? It's a land of opportunity, man. There's nothing like it. You know, you, I mean, how many places in the world can, can you do what you can do here? Nowhere. Nowhere. People take it for granted. and They uh, do. And, and it's a shame. And Why don't you take it for granted? You're a young kid. What do you know? Like, how, how do you know how special it is here? There's so many people who don't realize that. How did you figure that out? Well, you don't see people leaving here to go immigrate to other countries. Right. And if they do, it's small amounts. Everybody wants to come here. That, that, that's a sign right there. Why do people want to come here? Because they don't have the opportunities over there that they do when they come here. People want to make a life for themselves. They want to open up a new business. They want to do this. They want to do that. It's all here. You can do it. You can do anything here. But you got to work hard. People forget that. Yeah, and, um, I had this. Yeah. I had this friend who was raised in the Ukraine, and uh, he says it's so. It's so sad 
here because he said at any time anyone in the United States can go get a job. There's always a job. There's yeah. never not. And he says it's not like that in the Ukraine. He said, like, Jesus. you could just be like, it's everything is just a hustle. Like, you can't just find a McDonald's and go get a job. He's like, in the United States, you could get a job at McDonald's, at Pete's Coffee, and at a hotel and work fucking 24 hours a day if you want it. Like, yeah. you can do it. it. There's so much opportunity available. And that's what blows my mind is that why people are having businesses are having a hard time hiring people. Everybody's short staffed. I know why. Well, I know why too. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons why <laughs> things need to get changed ASAP. But I, I just, I think that it's a fucking, is, it's a, yeah, it's a fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. It is. You, you, it is. It's a fucking joke. When yep. I, when I, when I hear, yeah, if you, man, it is a fucking mess. It really is. And it's very simple to fix, but we got clowns running the show right now so were, were you ever scared of covid how, yeah. how did your grandma how did your grandma pass she was 103 yeah so just yeah. she didn't die of covid no she just passed away yeah in her sleep yeah that was it uh there was no complications she never got covid it probably says covid on her death certificate but that's another conversation oh god but <laughs> But no, she she passed from natural natural causes. She went to sleep, and that was it. Epic life. Oh, um, where you live, are people? Is everyone all masked up? Um, Jersey. It depends. Like I moved Western Jersey's a little bit more red. So around here, it's very laid back. Um, but when you get closer to the city, it's like fucking chaotic. The psychosis is 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 real there. Oh, yeah, I, so California's. Bad. California is pretty bad. The people in I, I grew up in Berkeley, and uh, and I live in Santa Cruz. If you go near the beach, it's not bad at all because those people all know that they're healthy and there's nothing to worry about. Yeah. But if you just come off the the ocean just a tiny bit, it's fucking complete Nutterville, like yeah. wackadoodles, like like seriously crazy people. One of someone in the comments is Sevon. Don't get started. <laughs> uh, we'll be here for another four hours. <laughs> um uh it, 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 did your dad pass no oh okay. he's there oh because you posted a picture of him black and white and you said pop i think i'm th oh, oh caleb could you pull that black and white picture up that mike posted of his dad it was probably his birthday oh <laughs> i was like damn yeah, he, he turned 60 so uh big, big what's it say though. here um oh no that's that's my grandfather Oh, okay, okay, okay. When was that posted? Twenty twenty. Yeah. Wow, shit! You look just like him. I know it's wild. Crazy. That's your dad's dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. And then your grandma is your mom's mom. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So my both my dad's parents. So my grandmother, uh, my my dad's mom, passed away in 2000, I believe. Then my grandfather, his dad, passed away in 2009. And then, like I said before, I never met my mom's dad. And then he passed in like 76 or something like that. And then grandmother was the only other grandparent I had. And she passed away last year, I think it was. 
you're fighting this guy, um, Hakeem. Ha- Hakeem. Dawadu, I think is how you say it. Thank you. Ha- Hakeem Dawadu. Uh, 12 and 2. You're 9 and 1. This is like. This is a, a crossroads for both of you. I get. I guess that's stupid to say. Every fight's a crossroads in the UFC. It's like it's like weird. Every fight for you guys is like a playoff fight, like the fight before the Super Bowl. This this you're, the UFC's nuts. What a what a tough business to be in. Like yeah. losing's not okay. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I mean, if you look at it though, it, it's you have a little bit more leeway in MMA with losses than you do in like boxing. You lose one boxing fight like that true you back far. But in MMA, like look at the top guys in the UFC. Like some of them got four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten losses. Like when you're fighting at this level against these types of the best fighters in the world, it's tough. And 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 sports are unpredictable. Anything can happen. You know, I mean yeah. you just get hit by one shot and boom. You know, four ounce gloves makes a difference. And there's some amazing stories. Uh, Jorge Masvidal, Nick Diaz, Michael Bisbing, like just these, like you follow them in their careers and you think their careers might be taking a downward trajectory. And then all of a sudden it goes back up again. You're yeah. like, holy shit. This all is amazing. All it takes is like one or two fights and boom, you're back in the fold. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see you fight, man. And I really, and I really appreciate your time. Yeah, Hell yeah man. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's it's great to get to know you. It's great to just to to, to hear your life. You got a good life, um, and, and it's just a great it's just a great example for everyone. So this fight is on February fifth. Yep. Uh, a bunch of us will be watching. Hell yeah! And uh, and, and be rooting for you. Oh, I'm completely one hundred percent biased. I'm one hundred percent rooting for you. Sorry, Hakeem. <laughs> Team underdog, baby. I think I'm I'm uh, I'm the underdog again. They always they always are uh, putting me as the the underdog. I love it. Do you have a Do you have a plan? Yeah, go in there and beat his ass. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go in there and just go forward. That's it. I'm gonna be in his face the entire time. Oh, I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. All right, brother. Hey, are you going to watch it? Oh, wait. Tell. Yeah, yeah. I got one more question. Sorry. Um, Bellator. You had one fight in Bellator. Yeah. How does that work? So, like, I always think, like, don't, don't, don't they make you sign, like, a four-fight contract or something? No. So, they tried to sign, make me sign, like, a multi-fight deal, but I only did a one-fight deal because I was still young. I think I was only, like, 4-0 or 5-0 at the time. I think I was 5-0 when I fought Bellator. And... I was still young in my career, so I was like, I'm not going to, like, commit to anything. And so I did a one-fight deal. Thank God I fucking did that because as soon as I fought Bellator a few months later, one of somebody sent me a picture. It was, like, tough 27 tryouts coming up in, like, November. And I was like, perfect. I'll Is that it. a step backwards to go to Bellator and then to tough? No. No. I was taking every opportunity I could, man. I'm young in my career. Whatever happens, happens. I just wanted to fight and get to the highest level. Um, had anyone else fought at that high of a level who was in the house? Um, I'm not that's sure. Good. I mean, they probably. I, I don't think anybody fought Bellator. Uh, I think one of the guys on the show. I think Kyler Phillips fought Contender Series before he did. 
the show, I believe. It, it, wow, and, and and he had won and still not made it to the UFC. Yeah, I think they didn't sign him, though, at the time because he was so young. So that's the only guaranteed way to get to the UFC is to win the tough. You, if you win, the, I mean, we've seen uh, uh, another guy talk to Mo Miller. He he won in the um, contender series and he didn't get signed. Yeah, I mean, contender series is a great way to get in. I think it's easier because it's one fight and that's it. It's right, yes or no. <laughs> but right. then tough, like you got to fight a few times in the house and then. It, it's it's you know, it's not easy. Like both my fights were within eight days when I was on the show, so it's tough. And hey, um, what about PFL? Would you ever go there and get that? Does, does any party be like, shit? I could go over there and get that million bucks if the opportunity came up. Hell yeah, <laughs> why not? Oh, you, Mike? Do you want to fight for a million dollars? Nah, nah, I'm good. It's pretty. It's it's pretty crazy that uh, Kayla Harrison's done that twice. It's pretty fucking nuts. It's awesome. Yeah, Good for her. Oh, I'm so stoked for her. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. Who's your manager? Uh, Jim Walter. And and how did you pick him? How do you pick that uh, dude? So he he was Stepe's manager, and when I was on the show, that's where I met him. I met him on the show, and uh, became good friends with him, and just took off. Yeah, that's awesome. You yeah. seem so happy, dude. Life is good, man. I can't complain. Yeah, you got good family. You got good wife. Good management. Yeah. All right, man. Um, we'll be cheering for you. Appreciate I'll, I'll, it. And, and I'll be in touch. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, thanks Anytime. for doing it. Yep. Have a good one. Take it easy, brother.